Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today, regardless of where you're watching from, whether it's California or China or wherever it might be. I'm so glad that you're here today. And I, I know that God's word is going to feed you the spiritual food that you need to walk in the victory that God has planned for you. Now, before we jump into today's message, let's first honor God, let's obey His Word, and let's bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of the Lord. Let me read to you from Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. And all the tithe of the land. How much? All. All the tithe of the land whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So the tithe is holy to the Lord. The tithe is 10% of your income, 10% of whatever increase that God might bring into your life. Verse 32, and concerning the tithe of the herd or the flock of whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. So the tenth one, the tenth, of all of our income belongs to the Lord, and we bring it into the storehouse. Now, we know this very clearly from God's Word, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. How much? All of them. By the way, if it's not 10%, it's not a tithe. And the tithe is the systematic giving of 10% of your income to the Lord by bringing it into the storehouse of God. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you such blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. I believe as a tither that the blessings of God come so strongly upon your life that even the, the blessings of ideas, the rain of heaven, the, the touch of the Spirit falling upon your mind gives you enough good ideas and enough work and enough creativity to keep you busy until Jesus comes back. Amen. Now, of course, a very important verse, Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 8. And it's, it's good to take the time to read verses 1 through 8, but let's just j jump down to verse 8. Here, mortal men, such as myself, here, mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Okay, now notice this. There in heaven, he, Jesus, receives them. This is a present event. We have past, present, and future. This is a present event. Every time you bring the tithe into the storehouse, although the mortal men may be receiving them, there in heaven, Jesus is the one who receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Sometimes we say, Jesus is alive, and he is. But uh, people don't always say, Jesus is alive and he's still receiving tithes, but he is. There it is in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. Jesus is alive and he is still receiving tithes today. So let's honor the Lord and bring the tithes 
and offerings into the storehouse of God. Let's be like Abraham. Let's copy and emulate the faith of Abraham. Sometimes believers say, I'm of the seed of Abraham. I've been grafted in because I'm in Christ. True. Very true. But did you ever notice that Abraham was a tither? <laughs> so uh, let's do the works of Abraham. And along with our righteous standing of being in Christ and the blessing of Abraham upon our lives and doing the works of Abraham, I tell you what, watch out. Because as Jesus is receiving the tithe in heaven, that lets him know as he receives your tithe and heaven, as he knows that, that, that lets him know who on earth to open the windows of heaven over. And I believe that's you. Praise God. Remember, tithing is, is not like a mechanism that God uses to fund the church. Now, of course, the tithe is brought into the storehouse, and thus God's house or the work of the ministry continues on. But you have to understand, tithing is for us. It's for you. It's for me. It brings us into a covenant, a financial covenant with God, where the windows of heaven are opened over our lives. My friends, please remember, the Bible requires obedience, and it is the obedient that eat the good of the land. And since we are told in the word of God that the tithe belongs to the Lord, let's be obedient and let's eat the good of the land and let's let the rain of heaven pour down on us. God's blessing, God's uh, uh, unique ideas to help us solve problems, God's wisdom to create wealth and every blessing he has for you. Let's bring them in now. Okay, so if you prefer to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls. The zip code is 28654. Again, Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. Now, regardless of where you may live at in the world, as long as you can get on the internet, you can bring your tithes and offerings in safe and secure. Please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. And there's a link, there's a header at the top of the website that says, uh, give online. And you can click that and it brings you to the safe, secure giving page. Click on that. You'll see a little link. It says F-U-N-D fund. It brings a little drop down menu. There's the area for the tithe. And if you would like to give an offering on top of the tithe, there's an area for that, that you can click as well. Just look for that header. Give online. Praise God. Amen. Now, Father, I pray you bless your people. I thank you that Father Jesus is receiving their tithes right now. I thank you that the windows of heaven are opened over their lives right now. I thank you for the pouring out of blessings. I thank you for overflow. And you are greatly blessing them to be a blessing in the earth. Now, Father, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for your gracious giving and your faithful support of this work of the Lord. Praise God. Now, let's take our Bibles. And I really want to share a message with you today that I feel very quickened of the Holy Spirit to teach. And I, I know some of you know some of these things, but I also know that uh, new believers, 
and uh, uh, like new followers on social media, they watch these messages and some of these teachings are in a sense like new. But I want to share some things today. And we're going to begin in Mark chapter 11. Let's go over there. And even if you've heard some of these teachings before, I'm going to come in at some different angles and share some new things. But I want you to listen carefully today because there, there's a lot of teaching in the church that can be like good teaching in the sense it offers like good information and good insights to scripture and context and things like that. I, but I heard a, a teacher the other day give a really good teaching where he really unraveled the verse and explained what it meant. But even with that knowledge of that, uh, uh, he was teaching on one of the parables of the Lord. And so, the, okay, I understood the parable better. But the takeaway from that is still that he didn't offer anything really that uh, of how you could actually apply this to your life and fix and help your situation. And as a matter of fact, he concluded his teaching by saying, one day when Jesus comes back during the millennium, he's going to fix everything and make everything right. And he, he kind of left it hanging like we're powerless to do anything about our lives in the right here and now. So that's why I greatly rejoice in the faith message. I greatly rejoice uh, in the teachings of Jesus where he put a heavy emphasis on faith because it is your faith that gives you the victory to overcome anything this fallen world system can throw at you. And so we will have, how can I say, pie in the sky in the by and by. But right here in the now, you, you need some steak and potatoes that, to help you get through the challenges that you face. And I'm going to be talking about this today. Mark chapter 11, let's begin in verse 22. Let's pray. Father, as we jump into your holy word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and illuminate these scriptures so that we can get them into our heart, meditate on them, and draw from that strength and from that, that revelation of understanding of how this works. Now, Father, we thank you that Jesus is the king of the kingdom that we are in. So help us to understand the laws, the rules that govern the kingdom that he reigns over because we are citizens of this kingdom. Now, thank you for helping us. Thank you for victory that you have made available for us. And we give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father. Let us say in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let me get a drink of hot tea real quick before we jump in this together. Mark 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. A simpler way to look at that statement would be to see it as Jesus saying, have faith like God does. Now, back in the olden days, let's go back about 80 years ago, oh, 90 years ago. There was a great preacher from England. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. Many of you in the faith, you've heard about him because this man was a very uh, strong man of faith. He was known as an apostle of faith. He taught on it and he demonstrated it. But uh, there was 
there were times in certain meetings he would do this unique thing. And there was an old person that outlived Wigglesworth by many years. And when this man was real old, he was interviewed because he saw Wigglesworth's meetings and people would ask him what were the meetings like. And when he was real old, he was interviewed about how those Wigglesworth meetings were. And he said, he said, often Wigglesworth, he would go over to one side of the audience of the church and he would yell at them, faith is an act. And then he would run over to the other side and speak to the people on the other side of the church. And he would say to them, faith is an act. Ah, so faith is not some like static form of just believing. Although you do carry that belief within your heart. But faith will always have an action attached to it. And in this context of what we're looking at here with the teachings of the Lord, we're seeing primarily the act or the corresponding action being the usage of our mouth to say things that would harmonize with God's will, God's ways, and of course, certainly in the same sense, would line up with the Word of God. So have faith in God or have faith like God does. And so God, you know, he had faith that he was going to create a universe and create this place called earth and create uh, uh, man in his image. But the way that he did that was through speaking words. So we need to have faith just like God does. For assuredly, I say to you, by the way, that very simple statement that we read so easily here for assuredly. I say to you, the, the phrase for assuredly in the original Greek language of the New Testament, that's one of the strongest, most dramatic statements that you can make to highlight something of extreme importance. And so don't take it lightly what the Lord is about to reveal here. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever, so this will work for anybody, any believer, young or old in the faith, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever. So that's a wide bracket of what you could speak to and speak towards uh, with the result that you want to see. He will have whatever he says. Wow, that's quite powerful. Praise the Lord. Very, very interesting. Now, let's look here just for a moment. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Praise God. Well, while we were in Israel, we like to start our tour along the coast. Because when you fly into Tel Aviv, it's been a long international flight. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of jet lag. So uh, we pick you up in Tel Aviv, and then we take you up uh, to a, a city very close by where the drive is not too far. Get a nice hotel there on the beach. And, uh, and that way the next morning when we start out on our tour, we're already pretty close to the first site. And one of the first sites we like to hit is a place called uh, Caesarea by the sea. Yes, it's named after Caesar from Rome. That's because Rome had conquered the area of Israel during that time. Well, 
the area of Caesarea by the sea is very, very beautiful. Uh, that is also where Paul the Apostle was kept in prison for two years. And quite staggering, just last year, they discovered, and it had been there the whole time, but it was covered up and buried, they actually discovered the prison that Paul had been kept in. Wow, and we got to see it. Now, we could not go down into it, but we saw it right there. And so Paul was kept there for two years. And there at that same location, there is a theater. Now, most people would call it an amphitheater, but technically, uh, because it's not closed in all the way around, technically it's called a theater. Let me pull it up right now. This is the theater by Caesarea by the sea. And you can see in this picture that uh, it's quite large and very beautiful, of course. And this theater could seat 3,500 people at one time. As a matter of fact, uh, when Herod the Great had it built, they would have like acts and plays and they could flood the bottom area of that theater with water and get uh, small ships in there. And then they would reenact battles and things like that and do all kinds of things for uh, entertainment. But you get a lot of people in there, 3,500 people. And today in modern day Israel, it's the dream of every singer to who makes it or becomes famous to do a live performance there at this theater at Caesarea by the sea. Now, let me put, uh, put up picture number two, and this, of course, is the same theater, but you can see the ocean behind it, and uh, that would be the Mediterranean Sea, but I also want you to notice how steep uh, the steps are going up to the top of this ancient theater. And of course, like I mentioned, you can see the Mediterranean behind it. Now, I want you to understand the context of what Jesus is saying. So I want to read it again. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And there are some translations that say be cast into the Mediterranean because that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about the Sea of Galilee because the Sea of Galilee is technically not even a sea. It's a lake large body of fresh water. But this is a reference to the Mediterranean Sea. And you, you throw your mountain or you throw your problem into the sea. Now, take a deep breath. You don't have to go all the way to Israel. Stand on the bank of the Mediterranean to throw your problem in. You can throw your problem from wherever you're at. But let me ask you a question. How do you throw your mountain? How do you throw your trouble or your problem into the sea? You do it with your mouth. You do it with your words. So I want to share with you a short video. It's only about a minute long. And I want you to uh, notice something that I instructed those on my tour to do. Because I'm going to ask them to go up to the top of that theater to the very top step and throw their problem into the sea and to basically do what Jesus instructed us to do whenever you have a mountain in your life. Okay, watch this. I'll be right back. So you can have these mountain situations. Maybe it's unpaid bills. Maybe it's like sickness or disease, or maybe it's uh, something else. But you could have uh, these various types of mountains. But he said, whoever says to the mountain. So there are some things we pray about, right? We need to pray about all things, mm -hmm. but I think there are some things where we, instead of praying about it, we actually need to say about it. Yeah. In other words, Jesus says, I've already taken care of that. Mm -hmm. So use your faith instead of just keep praying on and on, 
start speaking to the mountain. So you can speak to sickness and disease and say, I'm fed up with you, get out of my body. You know, so you can speak to lack and say, you know, I'm honoring God with my finances. I speak to lack, you've got to get out of my life. So these things that are like mountain type situations, uh, we can talk to them and they'll move. So whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into where? Sea. Into the sea. So it's actually right here. Yeah. Okay, so when he was talking, he was coming into Jerusalem, but he's basically, and actually, if you look at the uh, TLB or the uh, uh, Living Bible translation, it actually says you can speak to the Mount of Olives and tell it to go throw itself into the Mediterranean Sea. Mm. Yeah. So um, huh. most scholars believe he wasn't talking about the Sea of Galilee, he's talking about the Mediterranean. So my only question, because we'll be able to walk to the top in just a minute, and you can see it. Uh, and you saw it this morning from your balconies. But I think there's room for all of my troubles and all of your Ooh, mountains. We can yeah. walk all. And there's room for everybody's. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, so I instructed those to walk up to the top of that theater, go to the very top, and that way you can see the Mediterranean, and throw your problem, throw your mountain into the sea. Now, everybody did that except for one person who couldn't make it because uh, this dear brother was having pain in his feet. He's having problems with his feet. So he told me that he only made it halfway up. But as he got halfway up, he stopped and he threw his problem, his foot problem into the sea by faith and threw it in there. Praise God. Just like Jesus told him to do. Woo, praise the Lord. And he had done that and he was happy and felt peace in his spirit. Now, I want to play a video clip now of his testimony from the very next day. Listen to a miracle that happened within 24 hours. Watch this video. And when God touched your body the yeah. other day. So for about the last month or more, as my, my family and I have been having to put plasters on the soles of my feet yes. every day just to walk around. I had a lot of cracks. But when Stephen yesterday told us at the theatre to sort of throw anything negative in the yeah. sea, yeah. I did that in relation to soles of my feet. Hey, man. And it's just like, I mean, what I've said this morning, look a bit more like baby's feet. These Praise kind of God! Yeah. Wow! I think I've had this other funny little counter attack with this. Oh. Oh. Yeah, see, the, the enemy sent that to counterattack what God did for you, so. Yeah. yeah. And you know, really Ignore what God's it. doing in Philip's Come back, Philip. uh, feet. It's, uh, it's more than a healing, it's a miracle. Yes, it is. There's a difference between a miracle and a healing. So um, God's miracle power is working in those feet. So I brought a whole little pack of plasters with me. I don't think you I do them now. Well, praise God. Amen. That's beautiful. Oh. <laughs> we trust you'll never need them ever again. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Jesus. God is doing miracles. And to the Lord Jesus, we give him all of the glory and the praise. The great physician is still healing. That needs to be your confession. Amen. But this brother, he just threw it. He threw it, that foot problem, into the Mediterranean by faith. And how do you again, how do you throw it? You throw it with your words. And you do that as an act, an act of faith. Faith is an act. And so often we see in Scripture that faith can be expressed through the action of of speaking and even making godly 
decrees. Woo! Praise the Lord. Such as this thing ends now. This thing shall never again occur in my life. Hallelujah! You make these strong prophetic decrees. You take the cancer, the lupus, the heart disease, the, um, the family sickness that would be seeming to come down the generational line. You take that wicked thing and you throw it with your words in to the sea. Praise God. Well, here in North Carolina, I'm five hours from the Atlantic Ocean. But trust me, with my words, I, I can throw words farther than any football or baseball I could ever throw. I can throw words all the way from here to the Atlantic. And I've thrown a lot of junk out there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And such things have departed my life. Amen. Allowing me to enjoy a life of righteousness, peace, and joy. These things were a product of working the Word of God and following to, to the, uh, detail the teachings of Jesus. Amen. And the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Now, let's jump over now to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 17. Matthew 17. Thank you, Lord. You don't have to tolerate any mountain in your life. You do not have to tolerate any trouble or problem. You can speak to it and watch what God will do. Praise God. Again, I feel quickened by the Spirit to talk about these things today. Mm -mm. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. Now, verse 20 has been a theme scripture, not just a theme scripture theme scripture, but these theme scripture, uh, for my life for this year. Now I'm, I'm not saying that's the scripture that the totality of my life revolves around, but this year I'm telling you that this, this verse is working for me. It's, it's working. Hallelujah. And if you'll lean into it, it'll really, really work for you too. So I'm having so much fun with it <laughs> and getting such good results with it that, um, I want to talk further about the words that you can speak to move mountains out of your life and have those things tossed into the sea. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Now, this is the answer to a question of why they failed in a certain area of their ministry. And he said to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, now again, there is that statement, for assuredly. And we go past that very, very quickly in the English, but in the Greek, which the New Testament was written in what's called Koine Greek, the uh, average common day language that the Greek people used. But if they ever wanted to make a point and make the strongest point they ever could, this is what they would be using in the Greek transferred into the English. It kind of loses that punch. But again, that's what it means. Uh, he says, for assuredly, in other words, with the most absolute truth, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, hmm, some of you need to know this. Why? Because you've been praying. You've been praying to God about the mountain. Somebody has been watching. You're watching me right now. There's somebody watching. You've been praying for over 20 years. I'm actually getting the number 22. You have been praying for 22 years for this thing to be moved, and it hasn't gone anywhere. But you have not spoken to it. 
Well, Pastor Stephen, that's a little bit weird. I, uh, my, my pastor and my denomination, we think that's weird. And that's why the mountain's still there. But if you will use your faith and do what Jesus instructed you to do, and if you will talk to the mountain, because I'll tell you right now, and I'll know you, I know you'll agree with this. You know the mountain's been talking to you, hasn't it? So sometimes people say, I can't talk to the mountain. I'm like, well, why not? It's talking to you all the time. What's it saying, Pastor Stephen? It's saying I ain't going nowhere. Is that not what the mountain says? The mountain says I'm not moving anywhere. I'm staying here for the rest of your life. I will block your view. I will be a hindrance. I will be an obstacle. You will never, ever move me. I'm too big for you. I'm a mountain. So the mountain talks. So shouldn't you be talking to it since it's talking to you? Woo. So while there is a place for prayer, you cannot take the rules of prayer and apply them to every application that you come across. If something can only be fixed with a wrench, why are we trying to fix it with the screwdriver? So if this is an area, well, yes, we do pray, but we, we can't just work that alone. We have other tools in our kit. So we need in this one, we need to say, we need to start talking to the mountain, not just bringing it before God over and over and over. The Lord told us what to do. He has delegated authority to us, and we are to talk to the mountain. We are to say to it. You will say to this mountain, move from here to there. You don't have to be nice and polite to the mountain. After all, it's not being very nice and polite to you, is it? <laughs> Woo! Speak to it with boldness. Praise God. Amen. Move from here to there, and it will move. Well, Pastor Steve, I don't know about that. And it will move. I choose to believe Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Wow. I'm not saying you don't have some real mountains <laughs> that, uh, that would seem to be landlocked for a long, long time coming. But I'm just saying that God's bigger than all of that. God has given you the ability to melt, dissolve, blast, move the whole thing, and throw it into the sea. Pastor Steve, my doctor said there's no cure for this. Jesus says there is. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20 is the cure for it. Have you ever talked to it and told it to get out of your life? Have you ever talked to it, to it and demanded it with great force to get out of your life? Pastor Stephen, that's not my personality. Well, you should develop your personality into the image of Jesus. He certainly talked to things when they needed to be moved. He talked to the fig tree, cursed it, and it's dead by the next day. Matter of fact, the moment that he, that he uttered it, it hit the tree, and the tree is just already done. Everything else was just a dying off process. <laughs> Woo, praise God. I see some power coming out of you. Amen. I actually see some righteous indignation where you're not going to tolerate it anymore. You're fed up. Mm. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I ha I've had a mountain for the last four months. It's actually been here for about six months. But the last four months, I really went to work on it. Because the reason I went to work on it was because if I didn't go to work on it, I already knew how long it would be here for. It would last somewhere between 300 to 500 years. What will that be, Pastor Stephen? Well, let me explain. 
we have 15 acres, technically 14.5 acres, that we bought out at the airport here locally where we are going to build our new television studio. And we have cleared two areas. We cleared about one acre where the new studio is going to be. And we cleared one, uh, 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 another portion further back in the forest, which is where the prayer area will be. So that whenever you want to come and visit and you want to pray, there will be a beautiful prayer area in the forest where you can go and uh, have a wonderful time with the Lord. Well, in the process of clearing the forest, you got to do something with all the trees and all the stumps and all the roots and all of the uh, topsoil, all that gets pushed off. And so all of that was uh, piled up in a gigantic heap with a bulldozer. And it's a lot of stuff. And uh, I stood there after all the work was done, and the work was done very good. Even the trees that were pushed over, uh, they were kind of like, when they were pushed into the pile, they're all kind of like lined up, uh, the best that could be done. But still, it's a mountain of mud and dirt and trees and stumps and roots. And uh, I looked at that, and um, I, I know how long that's going to be there for, because I've been on too many uh, uh, projects around the area where people have built homes or old homes were built maybe 50 or 100 years ago, and I can still see their debris piles are still there. <laughs> so if you don't remove it, it'll lay there for 100, 300, 500 years. When you have trees that are this big, they don't deteriorate in 50 years. They'll still be there, still sitting there, still laying there. And I said, Lord, I need to get rid of this. And I knew what to do. Yes, Pastor Stephen, you need to pray about it. No, I would stand there every day on that property and I'd point to those, the three of them, three big debris piles. And I'd say, in the name of Jesus, I command you to move and get off my property. I command you to be taken out of here. I call you gone in the name of Jesus. And we had a lot of smaller piles. We probably had about about 40 of them, of these brush piles that were as tall as I were. Um, and this is from all of the uh, the old stuff, the old trees that had fallen down or dead branches had fallen. So we've had work done where all of that was pulled out of many areas of the forest and piled up in just places all over the place. But we got out there and uh, got a big wood chipper and had my workers go to work on that big wood chipper. They started chipping all of those small piles. And most of those are gone. They're all gone. And that's wonderful. But the other piles... Wow, uh, th this is like a different level because with the wood chipper, you can chip, we could chip logs up to like nine inches. And that's pretty big. But when you're talking about whole trees, um, that's a totally different level. And I was looking um, at that debris pile one day after speaking to it and commanding it to move. And a thought came into my mind. It's like a wave just kind of like rode through my mind. The thought came to me. Is there such a thing as a chipper that can chip an entire tree at one time? I thought, that's interesting. And so I get on the internet and I start searching. Is there such a thing? Oh, yes, of course there is. And uh, I saw them and they're, they're gigantic. Why? Because you could run a whole tree through it. Just, it just chews the whole tree up and spits it out in little pieces of sawdust on the other end. And that's easy to move or that's easy to contribute to somebody. Sawdust is actually money. That's, you know, people make plywood out of it and stuff like that. Anyhow, uh, I looked at these machines and they're very, very expensive. 
Nobody around here has one. The only, the only type of a company that would own one would be somebody that's really in the land clearing and is doing it like on a commercial scale. And, uh, you know, because I'd see them used online for sale, half a million dollars and stuff like that. And I thought, well, Lord, that would certainly move the mountain. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know of anybody even within like maybe an hour radius that has something like that. But I would still go out there for four months. I command you in the name of Jesus, speaking to those debris piles, get out of here in the name of the Lord. Get out of here in the name of the Lord. <laughs> I'd stand up on top of them, climb up on them. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and so, a few weeks ago, I was talking to a ministry partner. And... Um, we were just talking, and um, I, said, I said, brother, I said, what do you do for a living? He goes, well, Pastor Stephen, I, uh, I do land clearing. I do commercial land clearing. I said, you do? He goes, now, he lives in a different state. I said, you do? I, he said, yes. I said, um, have you ever heard of these things, these big, giant uh, tree chippers that can chip a whole tree, just run the whole tree through? He goes, yeah. He said, I've heard of them. He said, I've got one. I said, that's amazing. He said, Pastor Stephen, I've been watching your videos, watching your teachings, and I've been thinking, I've actually, he said, I've talked to my wife about it. He said, I've been thinking that maybe I should bring my team up and just get rid of all of that stuff for you, chip it all. He said, I've got all the equipment. I've got that, you know, the, the, all, you know, he's got all the equipment. That's all, that's what he does for a living. He said, I've, I've been thinking about that. I said, well, should the Lord lead you to do it? Just let me know. And he called back the next day and he said, Pastor Stephen, I can't shake it. He said, I'm, I'll be coming up. I'll be coming up. So guess what's going on right now? He's here. <laughs> He's here right now. Woo. Amen. Amen. And some stuff is going on. I'll do my best to get you some pictures because I know that you're wanting to see. Amen. What God is doing. Look, I'm telling you this verse it's working for me. It's working in all kinds of areas for my life, and it will work for you too. And God, God can do crazy miracles. This brother lives out of state, and yet at his own expenditure as a seed, as an offering unto the Lord, he's bringing all the equipment, and he's bringing his entire team, and not just the machine that does this, but all of the accessory equipment. He's bringing all of that from out of state. And he's, he's here, and he's hitting it, and he's hitting it hard. Wow, my, my, my. God can move your mountain, even if it is a literal mountain. He can move it. He can move it, praise the Lord. No matter what it is, a physical problem, a health problem, a financial problem, but you've got to talk to it, and you've got to stay on it. You have to stay on it and hit it. And God will do a miracle for you. Very quickly, let's go to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now, may I just for a moment uh, move Mr. Zerubbabel over to the side, and may I insert your name in here. This is the word of the Lord to, to, okay, to you. So put your name in there, because it works the same for you, just like it did for him. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, 
says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Who are you? Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, before you. You shall become a plain. That means flat. The mountain's gone. It means totally flat. The problem is gone. And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts, with shouts of grace, grace to it. Oh, oh, Pastor Stephen, I could, I could never open my mouth and, and shout grace. Well, then the mountain will stay there. But if you're ready to open your mouth with shouts, what is a shout? It is a bold declaration of what you believe in your heart. Praise God. And the shout of grace, the shout of grace, and the movement of the Spirit upon the words that you speak, that come out of your mouth, that harmonize with God's Word, that are in uh, like, like a, uh, an orchestrated flow with God's Spirit and God's will and plan for your life. I'm telling you what, not by might nor power, but the Holy Spirit comes on that. And the next thing you know, God's done a miracle and it's gone. It's all gone. <laughs> so you need to shout. Grace. Well, Pastor T, I don't know really what to tell the mountain. If you can't think of anything else to the mountain, shout grace to it. Grace. Praise God. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was poor, yet for your sakes, excuse me, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. So grace the grace of God. There's grace to deal with the financial challenge. There's grace to deal with the troubled marriage. There's grace to deal with children on drugs. There's grace to deal with addictions or bondages or depressions or whatever thing you might be facing. There's grace for sickness and disease. But you have to shout. Shout to that mountain. Get out of the way in the name of Jesus. Get out of the way. Woo, praise God, and it'll move. The Holy Spirit will come and make sure that that mountain becomes a plain. Mm -mm. But you got to have a shout. I command you to get out of here. No, no, shout. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do it right now. Let it out. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. One more scripture, one more scripture. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. <clears throat> Verse 35. Let me grab a drink of tea real quick. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Jesus did things as the Holy Spirit revealed the Father's plan to him. He did what his Father wanted him to do. And when Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side, you know what that means? It means he's going. And there's nothing in heaven or hell. There's nothing anywhere that can stop it. He has heard from God. He is going to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat. Don't be troubled if there's opposition. Don't be troubled if circumstances are completely contrary to what your faith is standing on. That's just the way it is in this world that we're in. Um, you've, you'll have a fight, but that fight is a fight of faith. 
The waves beat into the boat so that it was already feeling, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. So they obviously in the back had a little covered area for him where he can go lay down and get a little refresher because he's, he's ministering nonstop. So he's back there taking his little rest. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. That's what's going to happen to you. You're going to make your declaration and all this stuff is going to stop. The mountain is going to be gone and you're going to have a great calm in your life. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? What does he mean by that? How can you tell? How can you tell somebody has no faith? Faith is like this invisible substance. Now it's not intangible, but it's because it's very real. It's very tangible, but you can't see it. You can't, you can't like say, Oh, there's faith over the, it's a spiritual force on the inside of a person. But why would Jesus say, how is it that you have no faith? How can he know? Because there's nothing coming out of their mouth except for fear. They are in fear, agreeing and harmonizing with the circumstances. And if one of the apostles would have stood up at the bow of that ship and said, stop it in the name of the Lord, we're going to the other side. Then it would have obeyed them too. praise God. That's why he said to them, how is it that you have no faith, no faith to do something about it when I have delegated you the authority to deal with it? How do you deal with it? How do, how do you know when faith is on the line, when the right thing is coming out? of the mouth. Praise the Lord. Amen. The apostles should have looked at each other and said, who wants to tackle this one? Who wants to knock this one out of the park? Who wants to deal with this one? Somebody could have said, okay, I'll take it. All right, move out of the way. Let me get up here at the front of the ship. Praise God. After all, that's what Jesus did. That's what he did. And so that faith authority based on what, based on what, based on the word, what was the word? We must go to the other side. Mm -mm. we must go to the other side. Well, that means we're nothing's going to stop us. So if something tries and things will try obstacles uh, that we you know there's a devil and demons and all of this and all that other stuff out there, there's people, humans that yield to uh, evil influences that try to make things challenging or difficult. But when the Lord says, uh, you go into the other side, you hold to that word. And if obstacles arise, you speak to them and command them to get out of the way. Now, uh, many of these obstacle obstacles, you're not necessarily dealing with the person. You could be dealing with the spirit behind the person that could be causing problems. So you speak to that spirit or you speak to that situation and you command it to cease and desist in its operations against your ministry, against your life, your business, your, or even the direction of where you're supposed to go and the destination that you're supposed to reach. Praise the Lord. Amen. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching right now. Everybody's on a journey. Everybody, in a sense, is just like the apostles in a boat going to the other side. And there's opposition at times. Sometimes it can be uh, circumstances that are quite persuasive, but 
We thank you that the word is our final authority. Thank you, Father, that the promises that you've given your people will come to pass and they will be fulfilled as your people continue to stand in agreement and verbalize that, even at times with shouts of faith. Thank you, Father God, they're going to see the victory. They're going to get to the other side and they're going to have their testimony. I thank you, Father. I pray that your word now begin to produce that great strength within them, O oh God, that they be oaks of righteousness that can withstand any storm and can flourish at all times. We give you all of the praise. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I can't even begin to mention how many testimonies I've heard of people uh, so oftentimes from women who were in the process of being robbed or in the process of being potentially assaulted. And then they would release faith words. No, in the name of Jesus, you can't touch me. No, you cannot have my money. I bind you in the name of Jesus. And instantly, instantly the demons and the spirits working through those people that were up to no good, they were rendered uh, powerless. And they all, so often just turn around and walk off, just turn around and walk off. One lady, I read her testimony from South Africa, not too long ago. She, uh, she was in her car. She had another friend in her car. South Africa leads the world in carjackings and she's in her car and a man comes up with the gun, points the gun at her right towards her head, says, give me your purse, both of you. And the other lady uh, starts handing the purse over and the, the lady in the driver's seat, she said, I reached for my purse and started to give it. And she said, no, she said in the name of Jesus, that gun will not go off. That gun will not go off. We are not giving you anything. And she said, that man just put his gun down, kind of like smiled and just turned around and walked away, walked away. You don't have to be a victim. There's a shout in you. You don't have to let a mountain intimidate you. Speak to the mountain. Amen. And it'll crumble. Praise God. That's how you deal with bullies. You, you stand your ground. Praise God. Glory to God. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Blessed be the Lord. Father, strengthen your people in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're watching today's program and you have never made your life right with God. You have never made your peace with God and you have never put your trust in Jesus as your savior. I want to ask you to do so right now. I want to lead you in prayer. If you used to be a Christian, but you fell away, got all messed up in sin, but you, your heart yearns to, to come back to God, come back today. He'll forgive you. Come back right now. I want you to pray this prayer. Also just say, let's pray. Just say, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I put my faith and trust completely in you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you were raised from the dead and I give my life to you. Jesus, wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life and step into my life today and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Thank you for saving me. 
Amen. 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 Now make a declaration. Open your mouth and say, Jesus, thank you for saving me. <laughs> Woo! You might want to run around outside and shout it. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, somebody might hear. Somebody probably needs to hear. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, let's take Holy Communion today. I want to ask you to grab some grape juice and a piece of unleavened bread. If you don't have unleavened bread, grab a cracker or a little piece of bread. And if you don't have grape juice, you can use apple juice or something else, okay? But grab it, let's pray. If you are a Christian and you believe in Jesus, you can take communion with us together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. And we set it apart as being holy through this prayer. And we thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the mystery of Holy Communion. Father, when we look at this, we still see a little wafer. We still see grape juice. But it's the body and the blood of Christ in the veiled form, hidden in the form of what would appear to be bread and juice. Father, we thank you for the Lord's body. We thank you for supernatural strength. We thank you for a mouth and wisdom and the words to speak at the right time, at the right moment, with great power of your spirit. We give you all of the praise. We give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive together the Lord's flesh. Don't ever say, I can't afford that. Don't ever say that. If you don't have enough money, just keep your faith in the Lord. If that's something that you want to purchase, or maybe it's something that you feel that God uh, has planned to be in your life, just keep your faith in the Lord and let your confession be, my time will come. Amen. I have abundance. God is blessing me. Amen. God is not withholding anything good from me. God is blessing me with many wonderful things. So let your confession not be one of lack or defeat, but let it be one of abundance. My wife and I met a dear Christian the other day uh, while having lunch. We hadn't seen her in several years. And um, she looked like she wasn't doing too good. My wife said, oh, how are you? We haven't seen you in a while. She said, she said, well, I'm just trying to survive. And you know what? That's actually what she looked like. That was her confession. And her confession was the accurate appraisal of where she was at. She's just literally trying to survive. Now, if I would have said something like, sister, you're more than a conqueror in Christ. I might as well have said, 10 men from Mars just landed over here on the, in their spaceship. It would have been just that weird and that odd because of speaking the wrong types of things. Look, if you're going around saying, I'm just trying to survive, uh, those are, that's not words of thriving. That's not words of victory. Those are words of defeat. And I've never met a person yet who talked like that, who did not also manifest a throw in the towel type mentality. You know, that's what they do in the boxing ring. When you're beat, getting beat so bad, your, your corner man, the manager, he just throws a towel in and says, don't beat them up anymore. <laughs> They're losing. 
<laughs> Praise God. It's amazing the training still that we need of how to talk the word of faith, how to talk biblically. Praise God. Amen. Because trust me, if you go around talking to feet, that's what you'll have. And we, even with all of these stories, you know, the 12 spies, 10 of them gave an evil report. Why? It was all negative, all full of doubt and unbelief. And God already told them, I've already given you the land. And they said, oh, no, 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 we can't, we can't take it. And the other two said, well, we can not only take it, let's just actually go right now and take it. Woo. Can you see the complete difference? <laughs> they actually were mad at Joshua and Caleb. Amen. But here's the truth. Joshua and Caleb went in. The others did not. Mm. You cannot possess your promises that God has given you without faith. You can't even please God without faith. And again, faith is an act. Faith is an action that is so often expressed through what? Words. So if our words are full of doubt and unbelief, then we cannot come into our promised land. No, no matter how many times you sing, oh, one day we'll cross the Jordan. None of that matters. That's all religion. That's all, that's all religious stuff. It doesn't work in the real battle of life. Hallelujah. You have to get in the fight and you have to stand on the word and speak it. Mm -mm. I see great miracles. I see great miracles happening for you. I really do believe that this month that we are now in is a miracle month for you. Watch out. Watch out. Let it be your confession. This is my miracle month. Pastor Stephen in the year 2042 will be my miracle year. No, 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 no. You need some miracles now. This month is your miracle month. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. His mighty cleansing power. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God. Mm. We thank you, Father. You know, you can love and console those who are weak. And sometimes this, that's all you can do. Like when Kelly and I, that precious lady, you just, you just be sweet to them and love them. Because they, that you're, they don't understand. Uh, and if you try to teach them, uh, you have to get the word into people to give them the victory. And you just can't do that in a two-minute talk. So what do you do? Just love people. Love people. Be sweet to people. Encourage them in the Lord. But look, Paul said, you're more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. Hallelujah. So to get into that reality, you're going to have to get into the word, work it, speak it. Mm -mm. See, the Lord said that my people perish because of lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge of what? God's word, which reveals his character, his ways, and how he operates, and how we're supposed to do the same thing. Amen. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Let us deal accurately with our lives. Encourage others, but let us be on the ball. Let us be on the game with our lives. Watching the words we speak and correcting them if we have misspoken. Pulling them back as quickly as possible if we misspeak. <laughs> Woo! Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. We receive it now. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's drink together. Praise the Lord. Woo! Once more, lift your hands. Father, we give you all of the praise. We give you all of the praise. We thank you that your spirit is moving. 
The Spirit of the Lord is moving. It's not by might nor by power, but we thank you that you're still doing miracles through the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I speak blessing over your people, and I say that this is a miracle month for their life, and we give you all of the glory and praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Say, I receive in Jesus' name. Say, I believe it in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Thanks for watching. Have a great week. I'll see you back again real soon.